Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Star Wars Universe On Call. I am Paul Franz, owner of Franz Games. I've been SFB Online, FedCom Online, and Starfleet Warlord. Just a reminder how to join us for the talk guest every Thursday night starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can either call on the phone, just dial 605-562-0444. Just follow the directions. Call ID is 17702. Are you going to participate on the web? Just go to the talk show website at www.talkshoe.com. Search for call ID 17702 or Starfleet Universe on Call. As if you on call, you'll find me there. And of course, if you want the most interesting and best online experience you want to go to twitch.tv yes twitch.tv slash sfu on call and you will find us there and of course the, you need to contact me for any reason my email address is sfu on call gmail.com is s-f-u-o-n-c-a-l-l at gmail.com also you want to follow me on twitter feel free or is, is it x this week or some other don't know <laughs> What's name this week, but whatever it's called, I'm sure you know it. I don't know at the moment. Um, and it's going to be SFU on call. And of course, the personal account is Paul Friends and my business account, Friends Games, which will let you know what's going on with SFB Online, Fed Online, and Starfleet Warlord. And of course, this lovely talk cast gets into a podcast available on iTunes and various other feeds on. The net, including YouTube. And of course, new, quick news from ADB. This week, um, Steve Patrick is still working hard on the Orion Master Starship book. Also released this past week. The past, yeah, the past week. I was going to say past six days because that's how long the post was. It was six days ago. So it was, they, they announced it on Friday and <laughs> right after the podcast. Hey. And that is Federation Commanders. Um, learn ship card number three pack pack number three sorry and that's available on multiple sources you know the, the normal e-tailers you know wargame vault um warehouse 23 and uh drive through rpg okay I, I couldn't quite remember the last one and it has a dozen of the learn ships in from federation commander that is the the cave line battleship you have the forest lion heavy dreadnought you have the lion Dreadnought, the Desert Lion, Light Dreadnought, the Lactical, Light Tactical Transport, the King Jaguar, the, which is the new heavy cruiser, the Imperial Jaguar, which is the new command cruiser, the Jaguar L, which is the war cruiser leader, the Jaguar E, which is the escort cruiser, the Military Police Escort, which is brand new, the Alicat L, War Destroyer Leader, and the Alicat E, which is the War, War Destroyer Escort. So definitely grab that from the your local e-tailer that you enjoy. And of course, this week in found in the online store is the Galactic Conquest Rulebook. It's only $19.95. This newly fifth edition of the most famous campaign rules in the Starfleet universe, use these rules to official in the official campaigns or build your own campaign. Include every includes everything: conquest, ex exploration, lances, diplomacy, construction, technical development, ships, bases, and a thousand more things. So, feel free to go pick up your copy of Galactic Conquest rulebook. Actually, never mind. We gotta check see. What version I've got? I'm not sure I got the fifth edition or the fourth edition. It's been a while since I bought mine. <laughs> Moving on forward, you have the SLB Online um, tournament that is the Sapphire Star 15 tournament, which is got we have a first finalist, which is Peter Bikia, Jeff Clark, and his opponent, 
are currently going at it to see who will go on to the final. I forgive me. I, I forget whose opponent, Diff Clark's opponent is, and I should have looked that up. Moving onward and forward, when it comes to the, li the library report, there's not much to to announce there because uh, there's no progress. <laughs> there's no well, sorry, there's no differences. Doesn't mean no progress. There's no differences, which actually I should have gotten around to by now. And I forgive you, forgive me, Frank, for not uh, putting the updates to the library there and. When it comes to FedCom, still no, no, nothing to report for that. And with that, that is the news for this week. Then it is me, it's the only old Paul Friends welcoming you to Star for the Universe on call. And tonight we have Doug. Say hi, Doug. Hi, Doug. Good evening. How's everybody doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Jeff? Oh, I'm doing just fine this evening. Excellent, excellent. And last and certainly not least, Gary. How you doing, Gary? Hello. Happy being back all that day, everybody. <laughs> Whoops. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I had to fix it on my iPad so that you guys couldn't hear it. Oh, boy. Hold on. Give me a sec here. Da -da -da. And yes, do and okay, I think that's better. This sorry, the the video looked really, really, really awful. I was kind of blurry. It's like okay, I know one way to fix it. It to the audience, it's annoying. I'm sure because I have to basically put my hand in front of the camera so it will refocus. Because it's auto auto focus, which is fine. But I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna complain about that because I can't imagine me actually spending the time um, each and every time I, I do my I set up my podcast setup um, that I have to re manually focus the camera to be the proper distance and so forth. So. I'll I'll deal with some minor issues, but anyhow, um, the one topic actually I was, I was thinking about for tonight is actually brought up by a YouTuber, not you, a YouTube. Oh, I can I was gonna say fan, um, follower, yeah. <laughs> Lord knows, uh, patience zero. Um, always seems not always, but gives me probably the most feedback of anyone on YouTube when it comes to um, the videos I post. Usually it's about ADB and, and how they should sell the company and all that kind of thing, but it, it, that's neither here nor there because at the moment ADB hasn't sold the company, so you can. Like the important thing is, will someone actually buy the company, um, and you know, and all, all, all of that. Obviously, I think everyone here would like actually would like that. You know, I think um, if that if it meant what we want, which is of course that there'd be more money invested in SFB, the marketing would be ramped up, the um, the development of the product would increase. Now, this is always to me the the, the most difficult things of of anything when it comes to um, that. Meaning that whole issue of um, when you have a product, uh, I'm thinking this is let's say a book because it, it when it comes to game design, a book is a pretty good. Um, uh, analogy for a, a game, which is you guys in the case of a book, you got a set of of background material, you got a set of of characters and so forth that are already in the universe, and in, in some cases, the author 
in his own mind has ideas about where plot lines are going to go and so forth. Um, I'm thinking of, oh, geez. Herbert, Herbert. Um, you know, with the Dune series. That he didn't, he had one, he did not complete the, the last Dune book of his or that the next Dune book was written by his son. I forget which. Uh, he wrote. He wrote several. Oh, I, oh, I know he wrote. You know, Chapter House Dune, um, Messiah Dune Messiah. Um, there's another one. I can't remember. God Emperor. God Emperor. Thank you. Because yeah. I, I wrote. I read every single of those novels. All the way up to Chapter House Dune, and then there was one that came after that, and I, I did not read that one, but I think that was written by his son. But the the point here being that in the case of that in that in that possibility or possibly in the inevitability, you know, let's say that you know if Steve Cole never sells the company, that at some point he's going to die, and and someone's going to have to continue on the legacy of, of writing more background material, more more empires and so forth. The, the key uh, as like a, an author, which is that the the feeling, maybe not as much as um, the style, because I don't think anyone could really match the style, but you have to be consistent when it comes to um, the the way things are laid out, the way things are presented, and the consistency with also the background material, which actually in the case of the Starfleet universe SFB and the associated products to SFB are consistent with each other, consistent with the, the current background material. Yes, you can tweak things a little here, a little there, but you can't all of a sudden. Um, that let's say the Federation all of a sudden had this this major technology technological difference, you know whether it's a new weapon or a new system or whatever that they never had before, you know, and and then I said oh you know it's always existed so far you know it's like some of the issues that I'm I, um, I know there's Star Trek fans that have this issue and that. Yeah. Um, and the Star Trek people have this issue, which is, of course, the inconsistency um, that sometimes occurs because, because who's ever writing for Star Trek for that book says, oh, I need to have this little thing here, a little thing there, but it's not consistent with the, tech, well, quote, the, the technobabble of Star Trek. You know how the universe, universe supposedly works. You know. Now, just to get all on a tangent there for a moment, um, that is that. In my mind, I think when it comes to technology and the way faster life works and so forth, I I I feel like and now, you know, science might prove me wrong at some point in time, and I, Lord knows that, that might happen. Couple of centuries down the road, and I don't think anyone will remember me <laughs> at that moment in time. Which is, I always feel like Star Wars has um, a more realistic approach when it comes to faster than light travel. That is the whole idea of hyperspace, you know, um, which allows you to fly faster than the speed of light. Yes, you still have to travel. In that, in that, and it takes a while. You know, you might, you know, it takes. It might take you a day or two days to travel. You know, many, many parsecs or whatever. I'm not sure. Uh, I get the the distance is right, but you know, it take it takes time. You know, yeah, it takes time in the Star Trek universe, but the idea of warp bubbles and the idea of Transporters just doesn't, you know, to me, this doesn't seem 
realistic because especially when it comes to transporters because in my mind the whole idea of creating breaking down something or that's organic and then recreating it as, a, as an exact duplicate because that's what you're creating you're destroying something and, and recreating it that's what you're doing um I feel like that's impossible to do at such a at a subatomic level uh, that that would be required so well yeah at our tech level it pretty much is but one of the things about the whole star trek universe is that they solved all these problems that's part of their techno babble uh, i mean they have replicators i want my replicator because you know it's you know food you know but but it can make anything. They they literally right. solve the problem of energy into matter, matter back to energy. Right. Um, which actually which is which is interesting because actually I was I was listening to um a show on Curiosity I'm, and it's been on I forget what what else what other channel I've heard I heard the the show called Connections. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, that's right. But I was thinking of, I was thinking of, when you say connections, I think of that uh, BBC series back in the 70s, 80s time frame. Yeah. Where well, the guy talks about all the, how different things in technology evolve into different other things in technology. Like right. It, it starts with something simple, like, like, um, <laughs> the, 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 the connections was, Toothpicks, the, the original toothpick created for Napoleon, all the way to quantum computers. Which, how, when you get to quantum computers and the whole idea of quantum computers actually being able to predict the future, I go, um, no. But do you think? I don't think so. You know, Basically, the the supposition in that in that case in that program was that every everything would be known about everyone, and therefore you could predict the behaviors of those people. And then I say, um, no, <laughs> I I disagree with that. That you actually can completely predict the behaviors to the to to that to that degree where you're basically a written book because. The art. The problem is not just you. There's also interactions with others. A whole other thing. But anyway. Oh, okay. But 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 the 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 one thing that came up in connections was that oh, you know, the whole idea that at some point we're going to be able to actually convert energy into or, or you know basically energy because in or or at least matter in transform some kind of matter into another form of matter which in my mind means at some point energy is involved um but they're saying oh it's, it's gonna be free it's gonna change the world and so forth and i go no i don't believe that we actually can actually control it at the subatomic level because now that's what you're talking about yes we can do it at the atomic level at the moment we could we can form things at the atomic level, atom by atom. We can do that. Uh, but... Gentlemen, what are you doing? Excuse me? Hi. Hello. Frankie? Yep. Okay. Oh, Paul. Yes. I'm in the wrong camp. Apologies. I was supposed to go to channel number two. All right, I'm out of here. Okay, see. Ya. Uh, oh, Paul, I sent you a whole bunch of stuff to upload. Did you get a chance to do it? Nope. I I, I should get done um this week. This Perfect. week. Okay. Okay. Uh, thanks a lot. Okay. Catch you later. Okay. See you, friend. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay. This is what happens when you use Discord and actually theory. There, 
there there's other ways of using discord that i could do better but anyway um and the whole idea was that you because you can control things at the atomic level you can actually d develop it so that you can control the atoms put them together to create whatever you want you can create water you can create whatever and it, and so listen everything would be free you could be able to create whatever you wanted and then going nope nope because yes you can you can arrange atoms but the question is okay you can create have an hydrogen atom you can have an oxygen atom and in theory at the moment we can control where they go but how do you position them so they create the proper molecules you know yeah it gets difficult because now you're talking about the, the forces between the atoms themselves so that, that's the only reason i bring up connection now um this was actually this is a restart of the original connections is what it is That's why people keep going in and out of, of don't know. But anyway. Having problems, Gary? Yeah, the it's the line keeps dropping every like ten minutes or so. That's weird. Yeah, I keep on seeing you keep on seeing you disappear. Uh, that's why that's why I asked. But anyway, um because yeah, uh, I don't know what the anyway. But yeah, I just wanted to mention um I'm not entirely um, like uh, keen on like speculating too much about the you know uh, far the future of ADB. Oh yeah. But <laughs> what I would say though is that um, but how, that said, uh, by point of comparison, I would go back to a topic uh, we've spoken about uh, it previously on the BB, on the on the <laughs> on the, the, the recording, and that is BattleTech because. Um, as you know, it's it's an ongoing universe. Um, mm -hmm. It is also a universe that's changed hands a number of times in terms of both its, um, the actual people who, uh, the actual company that is responsible for running it and also who owns the IP, which they're not the same thing anymore. And also um, the creative team that's involved, because even with the current IP holders, kind of, well actually, Pops uh, own the IP for the tabletop battle game and for the role-playing game. But Microsoft owned the rights to the video games. That's why uh, Tech Warrior 5, that's or the Clans one that's coming out, is like uh, PC and Xbox. I think it's Xbox as well. Anyway, but um, the, even with Catalog Game Labs, they've gone through at least one um, period of turnover in terms of who the main line developer is. Right. So, for example, the team that was in place uh, basically to try to catch up to the Dark Age clicky game. Uh, was one thing, but then uh, an entirely new, well, not entirely new, but a largely new, like development team, like a new line developer, a new uh, assistant line developer, took over um, in the run-up to the current Ill Clan era. In terms of like, uh, and that involved like a, a major pivot in terms of um, where the, the main storyline was going to go um, into the new time period that the game is in now. But also, look, because of the the underlying history of the Battletech universe, it, it's been filled in significantly. Like there's there's new era products that go back to the first Star League or to the the clan, the formation of the clans, like in the two periphery and so on. But the underlying uh, history and also the range of battle mechs and tanks and aerospace units and so forth that are available in certain uh, time periods, like the Succession Wars or the early clan invasion and so forth, remain consistent. So. It's um, basically probably the the most similar to uh, the Star Trek universe in the sense that um, just as um, there's a set structure for how the, the history of the Alpha Octant is told and also how the technologies used by, like, as you were saying, the Federation and also by the Klingons and so forth has been mapped out uh, at least up until Operation Unity because we'll wait to see what Modulus 2 has in store for us. Similarly, um, the, the, the current uh, caretakers of Battletech um, they're mindful to, uh, you know, keep keep to the structure that has been set. Also, like um, if they go back further, or like you know, look at a side thing and so forth, whatever. But um, 
try to basically um, narratively speaking kind of move things forward and so on. So, right, right. Um, I think, and actually, now, now of course, there are still you know people who are committed to their specific era of Battletech, and mm-hmm. I mean that's basically part of what the responsibility of Catalyst is, is that they know that not everyone's going to want to jump into the old plan era, so they're welcome to if they want to, but if people want to just play Succession Wars or they want to just play Plan Invasion, a lot of the material that they're creating is basically enabling that. And so it's similar to how, for example, like whoever, whatever the future of ADD is going to be, um, there'll always be a group who are uh, dedicated to like the middle years and general war period and to the Alpha Octum and so forth. And presumably that will, like, you know, like, uh, whoever's got some sort of responsibility for the, the future of the SFU will have that in mind. But uh, hopefully that won't uh, foreclose the possibility of moving into further into <coughs> Omega or further into the X2 era or further into other things, just as um, Catalyst, not even just like staying in the inner sphere, they've also, like for example, a few years back, because um, um, when the tricky game moved into the Dark Age and skipped about 80 years into the future in, in the universe, um, they basically never really covered what happened in the Clan homeworld and why there's been no contact with them. And about 10 years ago, Catalyst basically created an award-winning book called Wars of Breathing. And they basically, it was like the first major plot point uh, in the setting that was theirs and not a hangover from a, a leftover from a previous thing. And it was very successful. Mm-hmm. And it actually led to a few developments that uh, are even still happening in the deep periphery. Like the, the, the homeworld themselves are still off the, off the table because um, they haven't figured out what they're going to do with them. But... Um, one of the clans that escaped the homeworld, the Goliath Scorpions, they've actually, they're, they've become almost like a, a separate uh, a clan apart, both from the ones in the inner sphere and also from the homeworld. So they've got a very interesting uh, further development in their corner of the periphery. So there was actually a, a product that came out that involved like a major conflict that they uh, were involved in. And so now the Scorpions have become um, a significant factor um, beyond the atmosphere, so they basically become almost like um, like a, a quasi-alternate setting that people can get involved in um, uh, if they if they so wish, and if they don't, they don't. So, mm-hmm. um, and actually, I think because I was looking at, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but um, the the YouTube channel for Catalyst Game Lab, uh, they posted a, a a video like a preview for the new Battletech Universe book, and it's huge. And um, it actually, if you look, if you pause it at the right on the right uh, section. You can actually zoom in and you can read the table of contents for all the different factions and eras that are going to be in the um, the universe source book, and it's going to include things like the Wars of Reading, which is what happened in the homeworld, and it's going to include the Scorpions, and it's going to include the, the clans and the inner sphere powers and so forth. So, it's um, anyone who's basically coming into Battletech, or maybe maybe they haven't been in the game for 30 years, or maybe they've never been in it at all, or maybe. They're going to buy the new uh, MechWarrior game on PC and be like, this universe is cool. I want more. So then this universal look is going to say, all right, here you go. Um, if you want to stay in the atmosphere, you can stay. If you don't, here's here's like a, a way forward. So, yeah, basically, um, I think that, you know, of course, now they've got a lot more money because the Kickstarters that the, uh, the Catalyst have run right. um, have been very successful. And they've mm-hmm. basically helped uh, bankroll a lot of the new Ilkran era products and so on. Oh. But even so, I think that um, they're relatively informative in terms of um, uh, an IP that's long-standing and that also has to maintain a certain amount of stability and consistency. Right. But at the same time, those have windows forward for innovation. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's probably a better comparison to make a pure novel book or something like Dune or Old Man's War or the on-screen franchise, which runs under its own rules. Right. Oh, 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 I, I agree. A game, a gamer, a game to game um, comparison. It's definitely a, a better thing. The, the the key question, of course, always is going to be the intent of the person who owns the IP. And what's going, what's going to be put out? Because if you really think about it, back in the day of Task Force games, Passport Games was pressuring ADB to put out product which was not that good, to be honest. You know, 
just to get product out the door and get games sold. You know, but and that's one of the things that would have to be kept in mind. Now, the one thing I have a question for you, Gary, which is when it comes to Battletech. Now, and since I'm not I'm not that familiar with, with Battletech when it comes to the different eras because of I'm 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 going back in the I'm going back in the day, you know, with the original Battletech when you had Battletech, City Tech, Aerotech, you know, all all of that those those different games back I said back in the day. This is back in the um I'm thinking I think they first came out like in the eighties is what I'm thinking of. But anyhow, and that is has the technology changed that much? You know, has bringing up these other errors brought in new new weapons, new systems and so forth into Battletech, or is it more 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 on the comes the narrative of that the 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 um, Battletech universe. Okay, so um, before I try to answer the question, I'll give you an ADB example. So when Dirty Battles first started, there were no extras, no first generation or second generation, Man. and there was no early years material. I mean, yes, there were sublimonian ships. But they didn't have lasers because the concept of warp target radiation hasn't been invented yet. Mm -hmm. And there was no W error or Y error. Right. But now that we look back, I mean, from the perspective of someone coming into the Starfleet universe in 2023, um, which I'm hoping they're doing, mm -hmm. this sort of stuff is obvious. Like it's, 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 it's lower, it exists, and also each each time period, whether it's in Starfleet Battles or in Federation Slander, which of course that didn't exist back then either, or Cult Arms even, or Star Matter, um, the the, 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 the stepping stones have been set in place, um, and there's a distinct, there's a, there's a great distinction in terms of like, if you're flying a ship from the warp refitted era, relative to a mid-year ship, relative to a refitted general warship, relative to an extra, and um, there's like a similar progression that you see in the Magellan Cloud, but to a lesser extent in Omega. So, um, in Battletech. Um, Things have both gone forward and they've gone backwards because um, mm -hmm. uh, what they've done is that in, in about 12 years ago, I should say, um, they did a year of the Star League. And so what they did is that they went centuries before even the foundation of the Star League. So there's a, there's a source book that covers the reunification war. That's basically when the Star League itself first founded, they beat up on the periphery states to try to force them in. And they even went further than that. They went to the age of war that existed between the the, the, within the inner sphere before the Star League was founded. And they, as part of that, they created primitive battle methods, primitive battle technologies. In fact, there's even a record sheet or an Alpha Strike ship, uh, Alpha Strike unit card for the Mackie, the very first battle. And it's primitive, like the rules, like for its, um, uh, like the armor is weaker and its weapons aren't as powerful and so forth. And the, the build rules are different. So uh, then they basically show. The moving the technology forward to uh, basic intro tech, I guess you could call it, and then to the heights of what the Star League had. And in the Inner Sphere, most of that technology went down again to the level that was introduced to players who started in the late 80s with uh, 3025. And then, of course, the other branch went off in the in the Clan Homeworld to the evolving into Clan Tech. That you uh, burst into the inner sphere with the clan invasion and into the, the mech warrior video games and so on. Um, but yes, further from that, the, the later time periods like Dark Age, they've introduced um, new forms of armor and new forms of um, more refinements to weapons and so forth, new forms of uh, communication, but also because um, Battletech, like the same way, like, you know, in the Starfleet universe, you've got Fed and Empire as well as Starfleet Battles. Hey. So, the scale of the universe uh, is different. So in Battletech, um, the Star League era had thousands of warships, and it had massive numbers of regiments. So it's the kind of thing where it's, it's, it's overwhelming to play in classic Battletech, because, um, but it's great if you're playing a strategic level campaign. Like there's a, a book called Interstellar Operations Battle Force, which includes a thing, Inner Spirit War, which is basically Battletech's closest equivalent to Fed and Empire. So if you want to be the, the lord of a successor state or be a, a khan of a clan, then you can do that. So over time, 
the, the plan at least is to introduce uh, support for inner spirit war for those different time periods so you could either basically or you could even scale down a little bit and say for example if you like space combat then the star league era gives you lots of warships to play around with mm -hmm. but then of course if you fast forward to different time periods the warships are all gone so um you don't really have that aspect of the game anymore the focus is more on smaller company or regimental scale battles and so on so both in terms of the, the waxing wing of the technology that's in the mechs that are fighting and also in terms of the scope in terms of whether a time period is better to use in alpha strikes or in classic battle type or in like a strategic level game or something like that right um, there are all those things um that have uh, that have um been developed and so on so mm -hmm. if that makes any sense yeah yeah well, basically <laughs> to boil it down um Yes, basically there are different technologies that are introduced from the different eras. In some cases, um, brought you know brought backwards, just like in SFB where we had you know okay what happened before you know the, the general war when you know, when it comes to early years before the actually federation actually existed in fully you know full, what it what it was. Kitty, love you. Um. <laughs> And the Mankazin Wars continue. Yes. Now. Yeah. Well, I know. I know what he wants. He wants the um, the T word. That's you know, T R E A T S. That's what he wants. And it's like, nope, it's not time. Actually, it is kind of time. Normally, <laughs> around the time that he gets gets those, but uh, not not on podcast tonight. They get some late. So. He has to deal, but anywho, yeah, um, that that was the that, that's basically the point, and which means that um, in both, you know, obviously, since it was done by ADB and more importantly Steve Cole under the direction of Steve Cole, um, that the the rules and the the actual weapon systems were consistent when it comes to being within the the Starfleet universe, so and balanced consistent and, right. tuned and balanced well balanced to a certain degree because all I gotta say is one one word Omega and yeah well how much how much how much has he worked on Omega versus how much has he worked on uh, on Alpha. I understood. I understood. I know it originally was created by Bruce Grawl and Lord knows it definitely could use some work. They did. They said they did some work. Yeah, they did some work to clean up the rules and so forth. But when it comes to the balance within, just within the Omega Octant, you know, and the different possible um, conflicts that happen, because Lord knows if you look at the, uh, the Omega uh, map, you'll see that, you know, the conflicts range all over and it rarely it's not that I'm not saying that they all would have um, faced each other, you know, at some point in time. Um, but they a lot, they faced a lot of each other, you know, so it wasn't just, it's not as limited as in with the, the alpha octant. Yes. In fairness, um, even in the alpha octant, I mean, um, the eastern and the western sides don't play each other, especially inside Commander. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what we'll say. Um... I was just saying that Omegas, they face, face a larger, larger variety of empires than in the Alpha Octant. Usually, you don't, the, 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 uh, the, um, the Zinnies don't, don't usually face the Romulans, you know? Uh, well, except during Operation Remus, but I, th I think what I, was, what I was trying to get at is, um, uh, what I was looking at, yeah. yeah so, um, I think that Omega, and also maybe the LMC as well, it's actually kind of, like, interesting to think, how would the development of those places been had both a call to arms and Federation Commander existed at that time? So, actually, technically, I think Klingon Border came out just around the time that Modular C5 came out. But, um, because if you think about it like this, um, in regular Starfleet battles, you can play squadron battles and you can play fleet battles. 
But really the core, uh, the game is really mostly suited towards duels between cruisers. Um, like it, it gets muddier the more, uh, the bigger like force that you use. Um, uh, but like in Federation Commander, the main focus is on squadrons, right? Right. You, know, you pick a certain point value and then, you know, assemble your ship card for that point. And um, the hope is that basically the squadrons will be balanced against each other, even if the individual ships, one is more or less powerful than the other. Um, and something similar with a call to arm Starfleet, where you're basically, you're probably taking a larger force than that even. And um, the idea is that um, the overall amount, like point level that you pick, um, the forces that you have on either side will do what they're supposed to do. Um, like, for example, even the Alpha Offensive, you think about how the different changes to the SFB rules have affected the ISB in terms of using the Echelon. And even in FC, the Echelon uh, is still not great because, um, I mean, the, there's, there's nothing stopping a Seeker stack and also... Even the super stack rules, like they're not that limited. But in a call to arms, um, you can't put the miniatures on top of each other. Like you have to spread them out. So an ISV uh, task force can actually try to do the echelon. Well, I mean, in the future when the ISV are added to the game, because they're not in the game yet. But um, so that would be an interesting thing to explore, I guess, when the when the, the future books for call to arms get there. But I guess what I'm trying to get at is that um, had Bruce Graw been creating Omega in a Starfleet universe where a game like Federation Commander existed, that might have basically uh, put more of an onus on uh, the idea that you're not basically putting a, a, a very heavy cruiser versus a Trobron heavy cruiser and expecting them to be a fair fight. The idea is that you're taking a very squadron and you're hoping that basically the amount of points that you're paying, BPV that you're paying for those frigates or destroyers or whatever, um, balances out relative to the the price that the Trobron player is playing for, like, their one or two ships by comparison. Oh. And um, then, you know, in terms of actual playtesting and so forth, it would be the games themselves would, would fit that concept more neatly than in Starfleet Battles, where, you know, playtesting things bigger than jewels can be a challenge. Mm -hmm. Oh, agreed. Um, but, you know, but the, the thing is, it was, at least, it was felt that the playtesting wasn't done properly, when it comes to Omega, Octant, um, you know, Empires, and so forth, that they weren't really, it wasn't played enough to actually have tactics and stratagems more like um, involved, you know, the, the development of those, because of, you can't, definitely when it comes to Omega and just like the LMC, both of those require different ways of thinking when it comes to combat. So, um, but anyhow, um, the, the key there, the key question, obviously, when it comes to A to B and anyone going forward, is the consistency. Because A to B, you know, when, when you have um, Steve Cole, who is the designer and has certain really strong opinions about how he wants to see the game go forward, there's going to be a point That's that... a polite understatement. Yeah. But going forward, either he had, definitely has to re record that uh, posterity so that, you know, whoever takes over at some point before him knows at least his ideas, and they might have their own ideas and go, you know... Yeah, there's some good ideas, but we, we really should tweak them here. We can do some really exciting stuff when we do go this direction and so forth. Um, but the, also the key question in, that, in my mind would be the um, consistency. You know, does do the, the rules and the way the system work feel consistent with the way the rest, the, way the, rest of the product operates? You know, which is not always well, an mind that even easy now, thing. Um, even now, like there's um, there are staff for different game systems. Like for example, um, a lot of the work that gets done on Federation Empire modules, um, a lot of it is directed by uh, Steve Cole, and also, of course, he has a major input. But a lot of the team, uh, led by uh, Colonel Chuck Strong, they um, they basically do a lot of the, the grunt work in terms of actually 
assembling the material that's needed, um, like whether it's for a new module or for uh, new scenarios or for um, new SIT tables or for revising the tables that are already there. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're always on the same page as SQL or that, um, you know, uh, things always work out um, entirely one-to-one -one with, with SFE. I mean, everyone's everyone's doing their best, but, you know, things slip through the cracks. But um, um, the, there's a, a body of work and also a body of people uh, created for that work that um, hope are, should hopefully remain in place. Um, you know, in the near to mid future, um, in terms of being able to make sure that there's uh, um, uh, not basically starting over from scratch if if things happen. So, um, I mean, there's people that are there's similar staff that exist for the other game systems and so on. So, um, but ultimately, it'll be down to um, like whoever it is to make sure that they leverage it properly. And so, um, I mean, to, to give another example, I mean, like when, when FASTA closed its doors, um, a lot of people basically assumed at the time that both Battletech and Shadowrun were dead and they just drifted away from the universe. And um, a lot of people that stayed were maybe put off by the WizKids Dark Age tricky game. Like, they didn't necessarily like the, the changes in the setting, but they didn't like the, the clicky nature of the thing. Mm -hmm. So in all that, though, the, the organization that... Uh, maintained the you know basically that became the new uh, developer for classic Battletech they basically had a twin challenge in terms of reminding people that they do exist and that they didn't actually there wasn't necessarily uh, that long an interregnum uh, between uh, the, I think it was called Fanfro they're like a they're, they're the, the forerunners the capital game that in terms of um, them taking up the reins of classic Battletech and the original Fast Closing Stores. So there has there is a certain kind of continuity there. Right. They have basically had to deal with the twin um, challenges of basically um, uh, a convincing people that um, who might have left when Fast it disappeared that yes the universe is still going and it's still a thriving thing, and b uh, convincing people who weren't necessarily happy with Dark Age that a they could basically show um, Dark Age. By the time Dark Age was allowed to be shown in classic form, they could show much more thoroughly how it works uh, as a setting and where they're able to take it going forward. And so um, I do think that, um, I mean, hopefully there isn't quite as traumatic a transition uh, here. But again, I, as I said earlier, I'm really not comfortable speculating on that side of things because it's... Uh, but I would say that um, uh, I'd like to think that plans are in place um, and plans within plans, so that um, in the best of times, the best of the best of um, times, that there will be um, a, a, a healthy future for the universe, for this universe going forward. Right. Well, oh. Gary, what I can say is the topic did come up at Stratcon. It was talked about through the. Uh, participants and somebody brought it up to Steve Cole and he didn't give us a lot of words but he did say that there is a secession plan in place. Oh yeah. Oh oh I know there is. I've 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 heard that myself that there is a succession plan in place in the case of death of Steve Cole. Um and it yeah it, it's like it's gone back to the same thing that they used to talk about in um other kinds of volunteer organizations now this is not one but in back when i was active in the sca every everybody had to have a deputy every every group officer had to have a deputy and there and every group officer had to have a drop dead box that way if you got clipped by a drunk driver and died your deputy could ask for the drop dead box and nothing would be lost so and that's just good business practice right oh agreed Agreed. Like, like the whole idea of CEO succession. You know, when when um, Steve Jobs, you know, was not long for this world. You know, um, that he had all set up for Tim Tim Cook. And of course, at some point, Tim Cook is yep. going to have to reveal. I'm sure he's got someone in mind at the moment. Um, I'm not sure he's talked to the board about it yet, 
but you know things like that. You know, and I'm sure he's he's, he's thought of his success a successor that currently is within the company and so forth. You know, because that that's a, this part of, of having a smart business. Um, when it comes to well, as I said, the 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 real thing I want to, the point I want to get across is that um, the key thing with any succession is going to be consistency and and, and have it so that. People aren't fearful that all of a sudden, like he, Steve Cole died, and SAP is going to go away. And but I, I, I de- definitely agree with um, Big Slow Target Dave um, that the the thing is that any sale of ADB is definitely you have to in- have to increase in revenue. Obviously, there's going to have to be some investment. To increase the revenue, because I'm willing to bet you dollars to donuts that um, the current revenue stream for ADB is not large, but it's good enough at the moment to, to maintain um, all you know the salaries of the people who work. You know, get, get, pay the people who work there, which is a small group of individuals. You know, we got we got you know Leanna and Steve Cole. We got Steve Patrick, and we got Mike. Um, we've got, of course, Jean Sexton and um, her husband and um, Al and oh, uh, I forget the graphic designer. I forget and even the graphic designer is is not. Uh, my understanding is not full not full time. So you know, I'm not, I'm not sure, sure the arrangement currently. Simon, Simon, thank you. Um, my guess is that Simone is not full-time because of, I don't think he needs a full-time graphic designer. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it, it supports a small company. And, you know, and if you have another company come in that, that wants to grow it, obviously it means, that means one, they have to grow the user base. And more importantly, they've got to invest and, and spending money and hope to get it back in the future. Um, and I think part of that is going to be people, the, do people feel like any new product that's put out there is consistent? Now, I, I think I think everyone will agree at this moment in time that the biggest issue is going to be alpha octant people. Those people who, you know, they want to play their general war bubble and you're not going to sell new product. Um, because I think every, as I said, uh, the real point I was trying to get across is not just that, but also that I think we have enough ships in the alpha octant when it comes to <laughs> that that part of the category. Um, and the tough part is going to get people that inter- interested in the Star for the Universe that might not necessarily be Star Trek, you know, and that. And that is hard. You can possibly do it, but going into the future and the tough part. And Steve Cole, I'm, I know, I'm pretty sure he's mentioned this to me. Um, I'm sure he's mentioned it to others. Which is the the big issue is that as you advance, um, as it be into the future, meaning future wise of the, the, the timeline of SFB, is making sure that these more modern ships don't in, don't run afoul of uh, Paramount's IP. Yeah. Because otherwise... Staying, cl- staying clear of Imperial entanglements would be a serious, serious challenge. Yep. Yep. E- exactly. And that's... Uh, so... That's why the... <laughs> It's why there's no, it's why there is there is no um, quote unquote hardware upgrade for photon torpedoes in the in the X Tech charts because one of the things that Paramount has specifically mentioned to Steve is that they can't is that the SF is SFU Federation can't have anything approaching a new torpedo type AKA quantum torpedoes. Right. Oh, not to be confused with quantum wave torpedoes. Right. That's because the quantum torpedoes were from the cinematic canon. Right. Oh, agreed. Um, 
Now, I, I don't think we'll ever go get away from photon torpedoes for Federation. Now, how they operate might change, and I think the whole idea when it comes to second generation next ships and what they originally done, that's something that might be done in the future, maybe not second generation, maybe third. Um, but, you know, that I can see it going that far, but the tough part, and I... I, I would I think there's so many people that'd be interested in what the second generation X ships would actually be, and and Lord and of course with the Zorkalians and yes I love you. Mm. Um, <laughs> what does it say? Say say. Because in wars are, are are brutal tonight. Yep. <laughs> he wants a lot of attention and say say hi Zooks. Goodbye, people. Now, <laughs> get you from from entangled of my. Oh, there it goes. And hey, that's all we're going to hear from you? he who interrupts Thank the podcast. You. <laughs> no, no, Zooks. No, not now. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that is my clue to go. Oh, go feed him and say goodnight to you guys. <laughs> and tonight, the, the, tonight the Zinti wins. <laughs> <laughs> tonight the Zinti wins. Yeah, I, I think that is truly the case for this evening. <laughs> Zinti forever. <laughs> I agree, angry. <laughs> okay, well. well uh, actually, well, like, yes. I do want to ask him, did you get a chance to um, talk to Doug and show him a copy of Module 26? No. Well, I, when I went over, last time I went over, it was purely for helping him move, and Lord knows, we were, it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. I have not had a chance to, to go back to um, to visit visit Doug. You can come back. I, I, okay. I know I can come back. Um I don't think I'll have this weekend. It'll probably next time I'll be able to come and visit will probably be in two weeks. Okay. Because I don't think I, it'd be a good idea to, to come during Thanksgiving. The other weekend. Oh, no, you can come during Thanksgiving. oh no, 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 not you. I'm talking about me. It might be fine for you. It might not be so fine for the rest of my family because we might have other. other Plan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just, this is just too much. <laughs> no, you're quite welcome. Come on up anytime you want, Paul. <laughs> uh, oh, understood. Understood. Well, I got your new address. I know, so I know where you live. So, but it's actually that's one thing I have to, I have to remember. I have to I have to, uh -oh. up, I have to update the, the 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 address for my godson, so he gets yeah, the, yeah. gets the books. So, Although, te technically, Paul, the issue is not about whether you can go; it's whether you can get back. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, come back is more like more, more to the story than they get back. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, it's been it's been fun. two weeks from now, um, make sure to have your your copy packed. Oh, oh well, actually, uh, actually, like to hear, uh, Doug, if you're still there, I definitely would like to hear your thoughts about. Oh, well, I mean, if you want to go to Warehouse Twenty Three and check out the PDF, that'd be great too. Mm -hmm. But. Um, Failing that, if, if Paul wants to drag his paperback copy over to see in a few weeks' time, and because uh, I definitely like to hear your thoughts about the um, the Lost Empire Palladians and Carnivons, um, you know, just based on the, the stuff that we talked about before. But if uh, anything that uh, springs to mind after you had a look at it, yeah, actually, I did do. That's one thing I did do today, which is I actually did look. And get together my copy of Module C six. I had to dig through the through my box of SAB stuff, and I got it. And now I have it all together. So my next time I go over Doug's, I can actually grab the Module C six, the, the physical hard copy, and take it with me when I go visit go visit Doug. So, so I'm all set there. Excellent. Okay. Well. Gary, it was wonderful to have you around. You have a good night. Have a good night.
And Jeff, it's always fun to have having you around. You drive safe. <laughs> I'll do that. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good, good night. Good night. And, yeah. Good night to you too, Doug. Hey, give me a minute when you're done, then. Will do. Will do. So, had a nice little discussion, which actually was not the original topic for tonight, if you can believe it or not. Um, to talk about A to B and succession and all, and all all of that kind of thing, which I still have to, I think of quite an interesting discussion on that topic. Because it's always you know we we know it is, but the question is of course always what happens afterwards. I.e., not that there isn't one, but we know there's a succession plan in place. Um, but the question is. When someone takes over, what will happen? And we don't know, um, but I don't. The big thing I think, as I, as I pointed out, that it's, I think it's important is just consistency. That still feels like the the S of B of old when it comes to at least the rules. Now, obviously, there's might be some other ideas about okay, have something more along like the the clicks thing, which is even. Taking like Fed common and boiling it down some more, so it makes it a little bit even more interactive, maybe more accessible. No, Dave, I'm not gonna let you. I'm not. Nope. Okay. So with that, I am Paul Franz, and I bid you a good night.